The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. More details emerge around the suspension of cruise robo-taxis in San Francisco, the battle over autonomous vehicles, and what the latest numbers from Microsoft and Alphabet might tell us about Meta and Amazon. It's Wednesday, October 25th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. This news crossed yesterday afternoon, the California DMV suspending Cruise's license to operate robo-taxis in San Francisco. Cruise is, of course, the autonomous vehicle company owned by General Motors. And D, we're getting more information now about what really happened. Yeah, this story is taking a twist. The question being asked today by the DMV and public officials here in San Francisco is this. Was there a cover-up? Let me walk you through what happened. So the incident under investigation, it involves a driverless cruise vehicle that initially came to a hard stop running over a pedestrian. This pedestrian was hit by another car into the cruise vehicle's path. Now, from there, it gets fuzzy. The DMV is saying that cruise only showed them footage up to that stop and that they left out subsequent footage of the vehicle pulling over a distance of about 20 feet while dragging the pedestrian under the car the entire time. Um, Mark, there's an image that's been shared widely of the fire department physically lifting the car off the woman. This happened a few weeks ago, and your jaw just kind of drops when you hear the details because it's so terrible. I read somewhere that, you know, she was under, trapped under this cruise vehicle for, you know, a, a long amount of time just screaming and they couldn't lift it off her. And that's really what these cruise vehicles do when they don't know what they do. They just stop in place. Right. And cruise disputes that it omitted this information and says it shared the full video with uh, regulators, but the investigation has definitely broad implications for the entire autonomous driving industry. And and not just between, you know, the relationship between regulators and GM. It's also uh, a real battleground between um, all of these tech companies where every player seems to have their own strategy. And you see this in technologies that can be extremely disruptive, but are still in its early stages. I mean, it, it reminds me it's a little too. bit like generative AI, right? It's every company having their own sort of. I was going to go back even further to the ride sharing companies. Remember the battles that Uber would have with regulators and even an Airbnb. That was sort of the the rise of the gig economy. Right now we're seeing the rise of autonomous vehicles that they're having to navigate all sorts of things, competition, regulations, costs, et cetera. Um, But in this space in particular, it involves some of the biggest names in tech that have been just spending billions and billions of dollars to build it out because there is sort of this winner take all mentality that we saw during the ride sharing age when Uber and Lyft battled it out. And it was basically the one that was going to get the scale. It was going to be paid off for them. They were the ones that were going to reap all the benefits. So let's go through some of the big players here. Cruise, it's backed by General Motors, not a tech company, which is another side of the story we could look at. 
Its main robo-taxi competitor is Waymo, very much a tech company owned by Alphabet. Others in the space include Amazon. It bought Zooks for $1.2 billion in 2020. When I first looked into this, I thought, oh, Amazon's just doing something in logistics here. But no, this is actually like a ride-sharing model, and they're testing it out on the roads at a much smaller scale. So kind of interesting that Amazon is looking at a consumer side of this. Apple, of course, rumored Project Titan. We know very, very little about. Apple is just so famously secretive about these things. And then Tesla on the other side, which has been very vocal, um, but not a ton to show for it yet. Um, yes, it has autonomous driving features um, that current drivers can use, but Elon Musk has been out there talking about a full robo-taxi fleet. With very little to actually show for it. I think, uh, you know, a lot of that is is talk. The, the last year, or is it the year before, is it 2021, that they uh, debuted the idea of a autonomous humanoid robot, and it was just a guy in a in a spandex suit dancing around on stage. So I think some of these, it's, it really, it runs the whole gamut from, um, from a lot of hype somewhere. to to an actual reality of a product on the road. But when we're talking about reality, um, it's really Waymo and Cruise because they're the ones that- Right, those are the are, two are, actually with products on the market. That you can pay for. So a lot of these products have been closed to the public, but you can actually now pay for Waymo and Cruise rides. You got to go on a wait list or you got to be invited. But the point is that they're arguably a lot closer to rolling it out for the mainstream. If you're going to ride in a vehicle with no driver at all, it's going to be a Waymo or until yesterday, a cruise. Waymo already had the edge. It's been in this game for longer. Like I said, it's owned by Alphabet, you know, a true and true tech company. So cruises suspension, that is likely to widen this gap further. And what it really comes down to, Gilbert, is miles collected. That's how these products get better. Well, and we just talked about, about you know, uh, how many of these players have been in for a long time. I think we've been hearing about Project Titan, the, the idea of an Apple car for at least a decade. Waymo was founded in 2009. You know, so if you talk about wow. if you talk about miles on the road, it's a 14 year old company. This is not a recent ambition. They're just finally they're just finally hitting the streets. I think and for I all of them, you keep, keep going. I know that there's a lot of skepticism, right? Because we've been hearing about the promise of driverless vehicles for so long and they haven't actually been here. But I would argue that something shifted in August when these cars were able to be on the road without a safety driver. And we'll get into this. I rode in both products, the Cruise RoboTaxi and the Waymo RoboTaxi. But at least with Waymo, it felt like the future is here that we could start to see this roll out in a significant way. Right. Well, that might have been the turning point in August. And I wonder if right now this issue at the DMV, if this is another turning point where Waymo mm -hmm. really just comes out ahead and, and declares itself having a you know a superior product. For all of them, the costs are high. They have been high. It's been years and billions of dollars. Regular regulatory hurdles are high. There's tons of um, you know, federal and and local and state municipal regulatory bodies that would that would come into play here. And progress has been slow, but the the payoff, as you mentioned before, is huge. And that's what these companies have to balance, right? Is that progress that they can only achieve by getting these cars, these driverless cars on the road to collect those miles to figure out what they would do in these real life situations. But the reason they're doing this is because the payoff, as you said, is just, it's absolutely massive. GM has said that Cruise could generate up to $50 billion in revenue each year starting in 2030. So some actual dates on these things that we talked about Elon Musk's fleet of robo taxis. He's really used that to justify Tesla's enormous valuation. Um, last point I would make, Mark, is that the backlash, it, it didn't just start with this incident. 
and the suspension that happened yesterday. It's been building well ahead of this latest investigation, and it could bolster the argument for other cities to slow testing or just not do it all together. And that could hit not just the companies that we've mentioned, but all of the companies supplying the chips and sensors and other technology. When I think to our analysis of chip companies, everyone wants to show that EVs and AVs, the new sort of promise and automotive is what they're serving. And autonomous vehicles is certainly a part of that. Right. And I remember in, in June and July, there were those sort of local protests in San Francisco about people figuring out that if you put a cone on top of the hood of one of these cars, it would it would force it to stop. And you could sort of, you know, gunk up the works, uh, you know, of this testing ground and people saying, you know, don't test these don't test these AVs in my city. Well, right before I took my ride in the cruise, there was a story about a bystander who just took a hammer to one of these cruise vehicles because the backlash was building and the public didn't like them either. So I remember being a little uncomfortable because you see the tourists in San Francisco taking pictures of me in the back seat with no driver, but I was worried, especially as we drove through the tender. Right, that you're a target. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I think you're. I think it's it's a good point to make is that they have that this is that there's ripple effects that would go out throughout tech, right? It's not just the primary players we're talking about. It's not just GM and and Tesla and Google. Uh, you know, there's the the supplier side of this as well. Texas Instruments, Qualcomm, chip makers that have large automotive businesses that supply the uh, components that go into cars. Speaking of, this is a segue, speaking of reading those tea, tea leaves and the ripple effects through test, tech, we're also digesting numbers from Alphabet and Microsoft. I want to start with Alphabet, strong ad numbers today, but we've been talking about it, rising costs and CapEx. And that's interesting for Meta, which also reports today. Because as we've said, if you kind of cut through all the other noise, at its core, Meta is a cost story. It needs to show investors that it can balance those AI ambitions and its metaverse ambitions with Zuckerberg's year of efficiency promise. That's still very much present in investors' minds. So what will help this quarter is that the company is laughing. One of its worst quarters ever. <laughs> Apple's privacy changes this time last year just totally slammed its ability to sell targeted ads. Over the last year, though, it's actually been quite amazing and go watch our weekly piece on Meta's AI moment is that Meta sort of took that challenge and faced it. And now it gets nearly, it still gets nearly all of its revenue from ads, but it's not relying so much on targeting, but it's using AI powered tools like Advantage Plus to compensate. And then of course the ad market itself is stronger, which bodes well. Right. The other thing that happened last year was that we were, you know, we spent the entire year being on the verge of a major recession. We saw, you know, tech valuations crumble. It was the worst year for the NASDAQ in a decade. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and so uh, Meta found itself in a, in a sort of downward spiral. Obviously, that kicked off a major cost cutting push and layoffs. It won goodwill from investors and made Meta one of the best performing stocks this year. As a side note, you know something that I always think about when I think about the last year for Meta and what Zuckerberg has done? He is sort of one of these founders that has kept control of the company. You can't fire Mark Zuckerberg. A board can't fire him because he's chair of the board. So he has control and that's how they went public. And that's sort of been a complaint, but it's been remarkable how much he's actually been able to adjust to Wall Street, how much he's taken cues from investors. Because remember last time or last year around this time, People were complaining that you couldn't remove Mark Zuckerberg. Was he really the right CEO? But he has really risen to this moment and he led the way for this year of efficiency for the rest of tech. 
So I mean, we don't mention it. We don't mention it a lot, but you talk about turning on a dime. What about the launch of threads, right? They saw an opening because people were turning on Twitter, now X and Elon Musk. And, you know, the site was becoming more toxic and advertisers were fleeing. And he said, let's, you know, Adam Masseri, let's go launch a text-based social network. And, you know, by all accounts, it's been very successful. And he was able to do it, able to move a giant company of this size exactly. on a dime, make that pivot. What about the metaverse to AI pivot? Another sort of <laughs> amazing thing that Zuckerberg has been able to do. He renamed the company Meta. He got so much crap for doing so. But now they're seen as really strong on the generative AI front. Got some really important people talking about their proposition. Yeah, exactly. Zuck- Except, you know, the, the problem is going to be how much of those, the, the metaverse, how much is that still costing, right? Yeah. And let's not forget that Meta stock has doubled over the last year. So expectations are very high. That's sort of what hurt Alphabet in its latest quarter. Um, The stock has just been an outperformer. And so it didn't need to be perfect. It had to be more than perfect. And that's kind of similar for Meta. And costs are going to be back in focus. The street's watching operating expenditures that could be upwards of $100 billion, CapEx of $40 billion. These are just enormous numbers. But remember, it's got net income, free cash flow from that beautiful advertising business that will help to offset that. Exactly. Cash printing machine, which helps finance all these other all these other bets. The other one we're watching is is Amazon. And I, I think you've got a real mixed picture. Amazon is is tomorrow, so we have a little more time, but Microsoft had a very strong quarter in cloud, Google less so. So I think you have to sort of see um, you know, is Amazon deliver more of a Microsoft quarter or more of an alphabet quarter? Right. And probably Microsoft is the better read because it's much larger than Google. And then AWS is larger than both of them. But at Microsoft, it really got a boost from some of its AI tools, even though it's not really monetizing them. It is helping the cloud, which is such a major business. So can Amazon show that as well? It's largely seen by Wall Street as you know the solid third behind Microsoft and Alphabet in terms of that AI proposition for its cloud customers. Um which also raises the question for Amazon about costs. It was sort of one of the only tech, mega cap tech companies um, in the cloud space that said it wasn't raising its CapEx to accommodate for all of that generative AI infrastructure, servers, et cetera. We'll have to do so this quarter. I think that'll be key to watch. Yeah, keep it here. We'll have more on Meta and Amazon uh, as we get those numbers the rest of the week. And then we'll look for, for Apple in the week ahead. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.